Welcome to the You and Me podcast, the show where we dive deep into the beautiful world of weddings. I'm Laura, the founder of Wonderlust Creative, an international wedding planning and styling company servicing a global collective of loved up couples. And I'm Andy, the founder of The Bridal Journey, a source of inspiration for brides and Revealed, a wedding marketplace where brides can buy and sell pre-loved wedding items. In each episode of the You and Me podcast, we sit down with a real bride who openly shares their unique wedding planning journey. From the excitement of the proposal to the magical moments of her wedding day, we delve deep into the emotions, the challenges and the triumphs of planning a wedding. Join us as we celebrate love, offer practical advice and share the experiences of brides just like you. Prepare for heartfelt conversations and inspiring stories on the You and Me podcast. Hi, Sarah. How are you? Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm good. I'm good. How are you guys? We are really good. It is our, You are our first interviewee after we've taken a little break that turned into like a 12-month hiatus. So we are so excited to get back into chatting all about weddings. There's been an amazing summer season and we're super looking forward to, to chatting to you all about your day. Amazing. Well, thank you for having me. So, so to start us off, tell us a little bit about who you are, uh, what you do and where you're from. I am born and bred in Melbourne. I would say I am your very typical Melbourne girl. Um, love um, socialising, eating out, training with my husband. Um, and I'm also the co-founder of the fashion label Naked Vice. Yes, I think most of our listeners would probably be aware of Naked Vice. It's pretty popular. I, I own a couple of bags, actually. I have your um, backpack that I use as my nappy bag. Oh, I love to hear that. Yes. Yes. I love it. Use it religiously. So thank you. <laughs> all right. We'll get, we'll get started with all the wedding stuff. So how did you meet your partner? I met my partner five years ago and I think it is honestly so true what they say. You meet someone when you least expect it. Um, it was actually the Naked Vice Christmas party and um, I went out after it with a few girlfriends and one of my girlfriends um, wanted to meet up with some of her old school friends and I was kind of not really vibing going out. I was sort of ready to go home, but we ended up meeting up with them and went back to Maddie, who is now my now husband. Uh, we went back to his apartment and he was just so lovely, such a fun vibe. Um, I actually really didn't think anything of it at the time. We sort of sat on the couch and spoke all night and it was actually my girlfriend that sort of was like, oh, you guys were definitely like vibing each other. Um, and I didn't think much of it. I just thought he was super lovely. And then three weeks later, we actually bumped into each other in Bali. Um, so it was just like the stars were all aligned. And then um, when we got back to Melbourne, we went on our first date. And then the rest is history, as they say. Oh, my God. And how long ago was that? So that was coming up five years ago. Okay. My gosh, yeah. That's definitely the stars aligning. It always happens in Bali, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> we're actually going back to Bali um over New Year so I was like oh back to where it all began yes yeah. Laura actually just got back from Bali I know and I go again next month oh do you I do oh I'm jealous Sorry, yeah, yeah. now us. that we can travel again it's like see ya oh 
tell us what happened with the proposal. So this was in lockdown in 2020. It was. So we were actually meant to be in the Greek islands. So Maddie had organised to propose to me over there. Um, And then obviously with COVID, that got cancelled. And then um, because we were kind of in and out of lockdown, we were kind of out for a little bit and I had um, missed my 30th birthday. So he organised a surprise 30th and he was going to propose um, downstairs at the restaurant and then I was going to go upstairs and all of our friends and family were going to be there. And then um, we went back into another lockdown. So then that was cancelled. And I think the ring was kind of burning a hole uh, in his pocket and he really wanted to propose. So he actually proposed on the um, porch of the house that we bought together, which was so special Mm. looking back. Um, Like it, it honestly was just perfect the way he proposed. But I was actually a bit of a nightmare that day because the night before he um, was a bit nervous and we'd had a few drinks and we had some friends over for dinner. So he actually told them privately that he was going to propose. So they all started celebrating, drinking. They're all excited. I was just there for the good time. So I started drinking. (laughs) Um, And then the next day I was so tired and I just couldn't be bothered. And he had actually... um, He said to me we were going for drinks with his brother and his brother's partner. And all day I kept being like, can we just cancel? I don't want to go. Like I was trying to get out of it just because I was so tired. (laughs) Um, And he was just like, you're being a nightmare. But anyway, he um, ended up being like, come on, let's go outside. Um, We need to wait for Nick and Reese to come. And then I was like, it's cold. I don't want to wait outside. Like we'll just wait inside. And little did I know Nick was uh, hiding in the bushes ready to take the photos when Maddie proposed. So despite what? me being a nightmare, it was absolutely beautiful. Do you know what? we? I reckon we hear more proposal stories about the couple like having a tiff beforehand yeah, or like every time. You know, it, there's way more proposal stories that go down in real life like this <laughs> than there is this elaborate balloon proposal that everything goes off without a hitch. I know, but yeah. <laughs> It was it was beautiful. It was the third, third time lucky. Yeah. He just needed to get that done. To, so the anxiety would have just been building for him. Oh, my god! I know. I think it was. And it, all the plans just kept changing. And he was like, I think it was the biggest relief once he um, finally gave me that ring. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So this is mid-lockdown. What did you guys do then to approach planning a wedding? Because obviously, the, like... And for those that are listening outside Melbourne, like we we were slammed. We were in our house for so so many of the two so much of the two years. How did you then go about even considering planning a wedding? To be honest, I think I was probably a little like like we all were a little bit naive, and I was just kind of like this was June 2020 and we were like oh well by next June everything will be back to normal yeah yeah Um, so we were like oh well let's just let's just start the planning it was actually such an amazing time to plan a wedding because we were at home I mean we're both lucky enough to both have our jobs and be able to work but it kind of gave us something really fun and exciting um to spend our free time doing so I honestly reckon we had the wedding planned in three weeks like (laughs) It was super easy because, you know, you're sitting there on Pinterest and you're like, oh, amazing, we'll do this, we'll do that. Um, So, yeah, we just kind of were super positive about it and we just thought, you know what, we're going to book it in for June next year and we're sure everything 
we'll be fine by then. And do you know what? It actually looked like it was going to be. We had to cancel two weeks out. So we were so close to making it to that June date. Oh, my God. And you were originally supposed to go, obviously, to the Greek islands. There was travel plans in there. Did you consider going overseas for your wedding because you didn't get to go there pre-COVID? Or were you just like, it's safer in Oz, let's stick with here? Well, we both have really big families. So I think overseas was always going to be the stretch. But because we'd missed out on the Greek islands, we were like, we'll do a June wedding and then we'll do our honeymoon in Greece. So that was kind of why we we planned to do that. But Mm -hmm. yeah, no, it was always going to be in Australia just because we do have such a big group of friends and family. So we wanted them as many people there as we could have. And so, so you've decided on decided on Australia. Where did you start? What were your non-negotiables when you first began looking for your wedding suppliers? Do you know what? I think the hardest part is picking the venue. And then mm-hmm. once you've got the venue, I think it makes picking your suppliers super easy. Um, pretty much as soon as we got engaged, Maddie sort of said, you know, um, he loves Noosa. I love Noosa. It's such a special place for us. We both had really great holidays there together and with our yeah. families. Yeah. Um, so he just sort of said, you know, I'd love to get married in Noosa. And I was like, 100%. We knew a destination wedding would be so much fun and we could do all the celebrations before and after. Um, but I sort of had in my head, I'd always wanted like a garden wedding. So uh, we actually were like, we were like, all right, let's do it in Noosa. We'll do it on the sunny coast. And then I, found a um, wedding planner just on Instagram and then I just reached out to her and I just sort of said look we want to get married on the sunny coast but we want a garden wedding what can you do and she was just honestly phenomenal. Who was that business? So that's Lovebird Weddings is the company and Trudy Trudy is the wedding planner. Um, So just from that first moment um, we just got along And she just knew exactly what we wanted. She was so easy to deal with. So she actually said, I know an Airbnb, it's a private property. They have a beautiful um, plateau at the top of the hill, an amazing house down the bottom. You can get married at the top of the hill. And we actually picked the venue and we couldn't even go see it because of lockdown. (laughs) So Mm. we just fully trusted it and went with it. And it was phenomenal. Yeah, that takes a lot of guts though to put full trust in not physically being in a space because you're right, you get a really good feeling off suppliers or a really good feeling of somewhere you step into. So did did it make it hard to put your trust into your planner or with the relationship that you were building with her, was it just sort of smooth sailing? I feel like it was just smooth sailing. I feel like exactly like what you said, you get good feelings about people or places or things and um I could just tell she really got got us and understood us and she has a phenomenal team and obviously like I'm in the fashion industry and I come from like a really creative background so I I sort of had my idea of what I wanted um it to all look like and I put together a few mood boards and her team just fully pulled it together it was actually almost easier getting married interstate because it cuts down your options yeah um you know, there's only a certain amount of florists and she sort of understood us. And then she would just come to us and be like, this is what I'm thinking for this. This is what I'm thinking for this. And it was just, we were just ticking things off. So it's pretty, to be honest, like organizing the wedding, had we have gone, like had our first wedding day, Mm. it would have been an absolute like 
Do you know what? It's it's so funny that you say that. A lot of people at the moment, like it is hard to choose your wedding vendors because there are so many out there. I got married 10 years ago and there was either one at one price point that was one caliber. I'm going to be really careful how I word this. And then another at another price point that it was there was another color. There was nothing in between. So it was kind of like you either pick them for the cost or you pick them for how good they were now. And that was easy, but it didn't give you any options. And I don't know what's harder because now you guys can type in, you know, Noosa Florist and there could be seven that you could choose from. You don't even know where to start. It is really overwhelming. And I think as well, like one piece of advice is once you pick something, unfollow every other florist like once you've got your florist like once you've got your like just like just be happy with your decision because honestly you can you could go nuts just changing your mind all the time for sure so as a um as obviously being within the fashion industry that was my next kind of question for you how did you go about choosing your dress the dress. So I just went into it with a really open mind. Um, I tried on a few dresses, but just nothing really felt like me. Like yeah. I know that's a bit corny, but they say when you get that feeling and you're like, this is this is it, this is the one. I just didn't get that. Um, I'm really lucky to um, have already met Kaya, who owns Kaya in Melbourne, and she's just so lovely. So I went in and I saw the girls from Kaya and we just sort of discussed about doing a custom dress so that I could have a design input. Um, and then I ended up getting two dresses, which I'm so grateful for. Um, I loved that I was able to change because, you know, I could have that moment in the ceremony where the dress was a little bit bigger, but then I had that dress that was a little bit more fitted that meant that when it came to like dancing and celebrating I was able to like really move around the wedding comfortably so I couldn't recommend um, the team at Kaya anymore. And the process obviously being in Melbourne the process you found designing a custom dress was really good? Yeah I absolutely loved it like my mum came along to all the, um, the meetings and I just sort of went in there and I had sort of screenshots and um, like like drawings of what I kind of wanted and they literally just sat there and drew it in front of me and I was like, yep, that's it, that's oh the God. one. That's happened to me too with Kaya. <laughs> and I, she just draw, draws your like vision straight away on a sketch, sketch pad and then um, did you go through the process where you had to try on Lot of, a lot of their designs, I don't know, it might have been a bit different and say, I like this about this dress, but I don't like it when it's hugging my hips and then, yeah. and Or I like this material, I like the beading on this, but I don't really want to accentuate my decolletage or, yeah. Yeah, and I think that helps so much because, you know, as well, like I had in my head what I wanted and then I tried that on and I was like, this is so not what I want. Mm. So you sort of got to go in there and you've got to look at like what fabric suit your skin tone and, you know, what what mm. you do need to try on a few, like you have to go in with an open mind and try on lots of stuff because that really mm. narrows down what you do and don't want. Yeah, absolutely. Um, your wedding day itself, did you apply the same kind of mindset to choosing and designing what your day would be? Walk us through, walk us through your wedding day, your garden party. 
Um, so I stayed at the house, which was at the bottom of the um, hill. And then at the top of the hill, we had all um, white chairs laid out and it just looked out into the mountains. It was the most stunning view. And then we had a marquee as well because we really wanted um, everything to be on the same property so that guests didn't have to move around too much. And, you know, while we're off getting photos, our guests could enjoy like a drink outside. Um, so we got married in the afternoon just um, and then after the ceremony, we had a cocktail party. And then at about 5.30, we all went into the marquee where it was a sit-down dinner and then we had speeches while we ate. And then after that, it was just sort of party time. We we both really wanted a wedding where it was just all about the music and everyone was up on the dance floor. So we definitely did that. And then you had an acoustic singer as well? We had the most amazing acoustic singer. Um, she was from the Gold Coast and we have a few friends that live on the Gold Coast um, and a few people had recommended her and she sang when I um, walked down the aisle and she sang while we had the cocktail party. And I think that was like so many people that our fe- the feedback was she was phenomenal. Who is she? So she really like I get goosebumps thinking about it. <laughs> and what was her name? Her name was Lily, um, Lily. which I can. Lily uh, Budiasa. Yeah. And so if that's anyone who's listening um, and they're interested, it, her last name is spelt B-U-D-I-A-S-A. We'll tag on the notes in yes, our Yes, so posts. check out our stories because yeah. we do link to supplies as well. Okay, so well worth the investment to have an acoustic portion of your day. Yes, definitely. Yeah. And then tell me, uh, have we gone through the aesthetics of the whole wedding? No. Because I, when I'm scrolling through your Instagram feed, Naked Vice, it is very kind of classic black, white. So did you carry through your design kind of aesthetic for Naked Vice to your wedding? Yes, definitely. And I don't think that was a conscious decision. I just think, you know, um, myself and my business partner, Jesse, have had the business for eight, nine years now. So it really is a true reflection of us. Um, It was actually quite funny the morning of the um, wedding, everyone was getting their makeup done and Jesse sort of said, do you want to go up and have a look at what it's looking like? Because they were setting up the marquee and the tables and all the signage. And we sort of walked in and we just both started laughing because we're like very naked vibes. (laughs) (laughs) And did you have like much say in it with your wedding planner or did you say, this is me, here's like a Pinterest board of my favourite photos. Can you do it? Yeah, it was probably, it was quite... um, it was pretty easy. Like I just sort of sent a mood board and of what like we wanted. Um, and then I had um, our graphic designer, Mel, who's also a good friend. She um, did all of our signage and everything and she did a phenomenal job. And it was all those like little special touches that really, I think, made the day. It was very like black and white and simple. Yes. But I think the backdrop of where the wedding was, was all you really needed. And if you can imagine, um, for those listening, it's a beautiful, clear tent with long, uh, is it three long tables? I'm looking yeah. through the photo. Yeah, three long tables with black chairs with uh, mostly white decor on top of the tables. So it, it is quite like simple and classic and timeless. Did you find it hard doing your seating plan with the three long tables? Tell us about that whole process. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> the seating plan was... <laughs> 
<laughs> the hardest part of the whole wedding. Um, <laughs> my husband is actually super organized. Um, he he was really good at doing it, actually. I've got to give him credit. Um, the only issue we really had was I think the first seating plan for the first wedding took us maybe four or five hours. And then I was like, oh, that's done. But then because we cancelled the wedding twice, yeah. Um, by the time we got to our third wedding, the guest list had changed. People had gotten pregnant. People oh, had had a baby. Yeah. Um, you know, people originally could come to the second date but then couldn't come to the third. And then also friends might have gotten new girlfriends or boyfriends in the time <laughs> that we'd gotten engaged. And yeah. So you can actually be surprised if our guest list, like the number stayed the same. But it kept going up and down, and it only takes one or two people to be Mess added up the whole or thing. removed, and it, it messes up everything up the whole day. Because my friend's getting <clears throat> my friend's getting married in August, and she sent me a photo last night. And um, you know how you do like your table, you cut out your tables on paper, and you write all the names on post-it notes or whatever, because you, you need like a, a visual on your table. And she sent because about a couple of weeks ago, she's like, "Yeah, it was easy." So because she's having a small wedding. Oh, that was my dog. Sorry. She goes, it's so easy, you know? And I'm like, I don't know how easy it is. Like you you just wait, like look over it again and you'll change it completely. Cause I I did it and I'm not my partner. I'm like, bang, done 30 minutes. We're like, that was, that was fine. And then you go back to it and you're like, hang on a second. That boyfriend that's sitting there is not going to get along with that girl. And then it messes up your whole thing. So I would advise just to keep going back to it every couple of weeks because, as you said, things change, but also, like, you think you've nailed it and then you think about that one person sitting where they are and they're, like, they're not going to have a good time where they are. And then, um, yeah, you've got to change it all around. So don't throw out – we kept throwing out the tables and the post-it notes and we're like, damn it, we've got to write them all out again. So I suggest that you um, plan it all out, put it in a plastic pocket, keep it because you might need to, like – reorganize it all or if you know we go into another lockdown or something who knows you might have some cancellations we had three long tables that were like it was actually we did it on excel which was actually easier oh to yeah. do it. see i did it via paper like i'm in 1995 <laughs> how many people did you have sarah we had 160 people. So okay. we're both, yeah, like I said before, we've got big um, big families and both got really big social circles as well. Yeah. So tell us, what were your favourite um, details of the wedding or your favourite moment? Did any, like, did you add any particular information to make the day feel truly your own? Favourite moments of the day, like standouts, obviously would be like the vows and the speeches. Um I am like definitely a words of affirmation girl. Um, that's definitely my love language. So I feel like those words have like stuck with me and they were just like hearing um, Maddie say his vows is just like a moment I'll never forget. Um, the other standout moment would be um, on the dance floor, our friends lifted up me and Maddie and we were on their shoulders and we just sort of looked down and it was just a mixture of all of our friends and family. And I just remember thinking like, this is exactly why we've had this wedding and this is yeah. exactly why, even though we had to cancel it twice and it was kind of like, are we ever going to get there in that moment? I just felt like it was all worth it. It was all worth it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. A hundred percent. And even for 160 guests to travel, like that's a huge vibe in itself just to get up to Noosa. So you knew that the celebration would be like, it would be top notch. It would be fun with everybody who was able to make it. 
And I so, think as well, majority of us are from Melbourne. So we've had two years of lockdowns. No one's had a holiday. And just like, you know, we were so close. Like everyone was yeah. just like hanging get there. So even when I walked down the aisle, I remember people started cheering. Like <laughs> she was, was finally like there. So yeah, so excited to be there. Oh my gosh. So okay, even though you had to cancel two with guest list changed, locations changed. I would say that they're the disasters, you know, that has gone through your planning journey. But was there anything else in, because it sounds like, which is very much deserved third time around, it was pretty smooth sailing. Was there anything that did hiccup along the way for this one? Um, On the morning of the wedding, which like looking back now, it's actually quite funny. So I stayed with my bridesmaids um, at the house at the bottom of the hill so we just said to all of our guests, like, stay in Noosa because we were doing recovery drinks the next day and we'd done welcome drinks, like, a few nights before. So no one actually knew where the wedding was. Um, okay. We had just said to meet in Noosa and we had buses take everyone out to the private property. So the buses were just meant to drive straight up the hill to where the marquee and the wedding was. Um, however, one bus accidentally went down the hill to the house where I was getting ready oh. and I was outside having, <laughs> I was outside in my dress having photos taken with the photographer oh, and no. people just started getting off the bus waving <laughs> at me and I was like, oh my gosh. And then my bridesmaids just ran and formed this human shield around me. And we're like screaming at everyone to get back on the bus. So looking back now, it was so funny. Um, but, you know, oh. Maddie didn't see me. So that was all that added. That was so <laughs> <laughs> And so any words of advice for anyone that's looking to plan a wedding and even a destination wedding? You don't have to necessarily obviously be overseas to create a destination experience. What have you got? What advice have you got for them? I think, oh, I mean, not everyone can get a wedding planner. I totally understand that. I think like you can definitely do it yourself, but I think having like really good trust in the people that are organizing it for you, whether it be the wedding venue that you've picked or your suppliers, like if you are getting a good vibe from them, they're easy to work with. It's just going to make the whole process so much easier for you because yeah, you plan it in three weeks, but honestly, like those two weeks before these jobs pop up and you're like how have I not organized this like yeah. things just pop up so you want you want to make it a smooth um experience for yourself because at the end of the day like you know it's your day you want to enjoy it you don't want to be stressed you want to wake up and just be like today's the day I don't yeah. have to do anything yep yep absolutely it's what you invest your your time and your money into your suppliers isn't it definitely Oh, well, Sarah, thank you so much for walking us through your day. We are so happy that you finally got your forever after. And I have noticed via Insta that you did get out to Europe and you did get to Greece finally. We, <laughs> we did. We had a, um, we've had a very, very good year, which we're so grateful for. It was actually crazy because when we were there, I was like, oh my gosh, this is where you were going to propose. So it's nice to go there as a married couple, that's for sure. Oh my gosh. Well, that holiday and your wedding was so deserved after everything you went through. So thank you for taking us through it all and um 
And yeah, it was so nice to see, you know, see your face and listen to your story for your wedding day. So thanks for joining Thank us. Thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. you so much, guys. I'll chat to you soon. All right. Thanks, Sarah.